Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we've been in this podcast for a whole hour and we haven't seen one jetpack. Not one. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Greg Smith. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news in the week, including Labo VR, a new Octopath Traveler game, and the Mortal Kombat 11 story trailer. Then on Thursday, Mark and I are going to discuss Super Mario Land 2, six golden coins. But in the meantime, Greg, you're not Mark. That's true. You're Greg. That's also true. Um, I'm very... Thank you so much for uh, coming and doing the show with me. Thanks so much for having me. What a joy. It is a joy. Greg, you were one of our earlier guests. Yeah. Yeah, we, I think so. We discussed weird, weird games. games. That's right. I spoke at length about Def Jam Fight for New York for That's, the Nintendo GameCube. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think I talked about Final Fantasy Legend. Yep. Or adventure, one of the two. Yep, and Mark talked about like a pest, an exterminator. Oh game. my gosh, that exterm that yes, yeah, that was a weird. Those, hey, we did a good job talking about weird games. We fulfilled the premise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Greg is here to help me through uh, the, all of the news this week, um, and there's a lot of stuff that it seems perfect for Greg and I to talk about. Oh boy, because uh, look, we're we both like we're Mortal Kombat boys. Oh, it's true. We're we're a couple of MKBs, you mm. and I. Look. Little, I have wanted to do for a long time a comic strip that is Little Mortal Kombat. That's just uh-huh. like Mortal Kombat babies, like like what happens when they babality each other and they just stay that way. Yeah, I mean, I'm what what I'm assuming or what I'm imagining is that there would be like an Earth Elementary School and like an Outworld Elementary School, oh. and at some point, one of the schools has to close down and they have to merge. Yeah. And then that's you play through the the plots of uh, Mortal Kombat's one through three with elementary school versions of Scorpion and Baraka and uh, Liu Kang. That's it. I imagine instead of fighting, it's like what do they do? They play Foursquare. They probably play Foursquare. They play Freeze Tag. Yeah. I'm sure. Oh, uh, Sub Zero plays loves Freeze Tag. tag of course. Uh, uh, Scorpion plays Red Rover. Yep. Very Get over good. Here. Uh, let's see. Uh, someone's got to do finger painting. Mm. Goro. Goro's very good at finger painting. Baraka's very bad at finger painting. That's right. He, he keeps poking through the paper. <gasps> Does he have like safety blades? Yeah, like, and he's, he's like, like really embarrassed by yep. them. And his and Mama Baraka is like, make sure you're wearing them. And he's like, stop it. My point is, this is a good idea. It's very good. Um, Patent pending. Yeah, so patent pending. No one's no one steal that. Yeah, it's legal because we said it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we'll get to that in a second, but first, uh, just some regular housekeeping stuff up front. My copy of Sonic Forces, would you like to borrow it? You can. All you have to do is email me your physical address or an address where you work or whatever uh, to Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com, gmail.com, and I send it to you, and then you get postage and send it back to me. You play it for as long as you want. Uh, it's a great program. It's a successful program. People are loving the game. Is that right? Uh, I don't know. People are enjoying playing it. They should have to give you a report. Uh, so there is a small sheet of paper that travels with it. <laughs> I and, didn't know that. And, and some people uh, write little notes on it. What, are they, what have they written? 
Um, or is it private? Uh, well, it's I, I it, may, it may in fact be private. No one has said please discuss these on air. <laughs> That's uh, fair. And I also don't have the sheet. Of, the sheet of paper is out with the game right now. Oh, it's I understand. Yeah. I see. It's like a hotel guest book. It is a little bit. It it looks like a uh, like an evidence log. Oh, spooky. Um, so people like write their uh, their switch friend code on it. So there's another thing. If you borrow this thing, you get like ten new. 10, 12 new uh, Switch friends. That's just so sweet. It's just so sweet. I like it. It's a good program. Get involved, everyone. Um, also, a uh, little programming note that for the rest of the month, we are doing weird retro sequels. Um, I already said that uh, this week, Mark and I are going to be talking about Super Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins on the Game Boy. Uh, and then next week, we're talking about Zoda's Revenge, Star Tropics 2, uh, a super late NES game. Uh, and then the week after, we are doing Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest. So play along with those if you can. Um, or, you know, if you can't, uh, check them out on YouTube or something. And, uh, you know, let us know what your experiences are with them. You can email us at Nintendo cartridge society at, at gmail.com gmail. um all right greg are, are you ready to get into what we've been playing this week yes G- good <laughs> now i have to confess that i've been playing a ton of tetris 99 yeah uh there that was- seems right it, it's look the game is so good have you gotten a chance to dip into tetris 99 here's the thing about me patrick yeah tell me a thing about you there's it's a very efficient way to give me an anxiety attack yes by having me play any tetris let alone the whole 99 battle royal aspect mm-hmm. you put regular tetris in front of me 10 seconds in i am a puddle on the floor yeah. The game stresses me out. I'm bad at it. I tried Tetris 99 for literally like 10 seconds, and I, I threw my Joy-Cons at the TV, threw my Switch out the window. <laughs> then went outside, got your Switch. Went outside, repaired it. Right. Spent a lot of money. Uh, well, I, I, am, I am the opposite. I am energized by, yes. by Tetris. Uh, it gives me life. Um, and this weekend was the uh, Tetris Maximum Cup, which was a, a tournament that was running all weekend. Started sometime on Friday. By definition, there is no more cup to be had. Uh, that's true. It's the maximum cup. It is the maximum cup. Um, and the, the premise behind it is that, or at least in, in America, there were uh, other rules in Europe, I believe. Um, but in uh, North America, uh, the top 999 players from the weekend, <laughs> so the people who won the most matches, um, or the, like the top 1,000, uh, each win 999 gold coins. Which is 10 bucks. That's not nothing. No. So Nintendo, this is, I don't know that uh, I've really thought too hard about this, but Nintendo basically is going to give away $10,000 of uh, like eShop credit. Oh, yeah. Um, which is pretty nuts. Uh, but so Sarah and I played a ton this weekend. Um, we've been playing a lot. We got an email from a listener. Hey, Dustin, because uh, he noted that we have been playing <coughs> over 40 hours of Tetris 99. <laughs> That is a full work week. That it's it's a very long time, but we hand the controller back and forth to each other. Um, you know that will that will be like a a, a common uh, weekday night when we're both home is just hanging out, playing Tetris, and like talking and joking and stuff. So, oh, I love um, talking. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> um, so we got seven wins this weekend. Nice. How seven? Uh, not to be Brad Pitt and Moneyball. Seven out of how many games would you estimate? Did you oh, jeez. Uh. God, we probably played like 200 games. Seven out of 200. Now, I would imagine in Tetris 99, 
those games are real hard to win because, they, you, because yeah. by mm-hmm. design you're playing against you know 98 other people. Right. By definition, only one percent of the people playing at any given time are going to win. Yes. Do you uh, feel like seven out of two hundred ish? Is that like Hall of Fame numbers? Is that like regularly on base numbers? I mean, I I honestly don't know. Yeah. I, I, I we were checking the uh, the Tetris ninety nine hashtag this weekend to try and figure out like right. you know is there uh, are because it's easy to tweet uh you know a win from from your switch. Um, oh cool. Uh, that you can just take the screen grab and you know throw it up on on Twitter real easy, uh, and it automatically populates with those um, hashtags. So uh, we were checking and, you know, seeing most posts about it, people being like, hey, it's my first win in this. Aww. And like, that's which is exciting, too. It is. Um, but I mean, like prior to this weekend, I think Sarah had three wins and I had one total. Wow. So like the game is hard and yeah. we both consider ourselves good Tetris players. Uh, so the fact that we like doubled our overall uh, win score this weekend uh, we feel very good about That's it. That's very good information to know. And as a manager who is, like Brad Pitt in Moneyball, putting together a Tetris 99 game. Oh, my we're God. We're going to change oh my the God. franchise. You're, uh, you're, let's just say you're highly in consideration. Ooh, ooh. I gotta, just got to work on getting on base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just all we need is getting on base. Um, so the winners will be Moneyball announced. Moneyball is such a good movie. It is such <laughs> a good movie. Sorry. No, I like that it is, because uh, that's a Sorkin script, right? Sorkin and Steve Zalian. Yeah. Uh, so it, it manages to take everything that I like about a Sorkin script and like sift through all the stuff I don't like about a yes, Sorkin script. Yes, it's why I like Sorkin a lot when he is cut by another voice, mm-hmm. which is why Social Network is so good. Yeah, Although, totally. Molly's Game, written and directed by Sorkin, very good. I have not seen Molly's Game. I liked it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I'll put it on the list. We will find out who wins these 999 gold coins, uh, quote, on or around March 24th. So expect me to report back on that if I'm either very happy about having won $10 or very upset about not having won $10. Uh, Greg, what have you been playing? Yeah, so I tend to be a, a hopper, mm-hmm. a, a dipper, a sort of a cha-cha slider. <laughs> I go uh, to the left, then I take it back mm-hmm. now, y'all. Uh, I dive into different games, and I spend like an hour in a game, and then I'll spend an hour in another game here or there. So uh, big big news for for me. I beats classic mode with every character in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate recently. Oh, congratulations. Thank you so much. I was expecting something to happen. I just got a little milestone. Yeah, just like I a little... I wanted a little... I don't know what I wanted, but something, right? Well, how about a sincere congratulations from me? Greg, congratulations. Thanks, Patrick. That's not enough, is it? It actually is. Oh, okay, good. To Whew. have a like face-to-face. <laughs> yes. Uh, you're, you're higher in consideration for this team. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I also dive into like Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom battle, which is just so fun and so hard for me, but in a way that I find satisfying. Uh, do, you, do you consider yourself a tactics guy? No. Okay. No, I'm very bad at strategizing. <laughs> I just want to like dive in there and get dirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game is such a good strategy game for somebody like me. And I think like Mark, Mark has kind of talked about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it, much like uh, a social network cuts pure Sorkin with David Fincher's sort of procedural whatever, mm-hmm. this game cuts the pure tactics with like the cute, accessible, it's so fun, cute. very cute. And funny. Right? It's very funny. There's when, a lot of good, funny environmental storytelling of just like things you see in the background. Absolutely. And you have to like tease out a whole story of like, how did that rabbit get there? Uh, and it's always funny. Absolutely. When that, uh, that opera boss. Opera boss is they great. Devote, they devote like five minutes to just him singing. 
It fills me with such joy. So it gives me like a reason, a, an incentive to like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and strategize. I'm gonna try and get a little better at tactics. Yeah, and l- well, the the game's not uh, easy by any stretch of the imagination, but it is. It does a uh, when you level up to a point. Um, you can kind of get through the the main level missions without having to like really scrutinize every tiny little yeah. detail. Um, if you think something's gonna work, it probably will. Yeah, and that feels good. It yeah. feels like oh, I'm putting in effort, and the rewards are like there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you you uh, we we have on our list here that you've also been playing a little bit of Banner Saga. Yeah, I grabbed Banner Saga and I grabbed Grim Fandango Remastered, which are two very story driven games. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's it's just I don't know what it is about me. It's hard for me to find the time to like really give these games the hours they deserve. Yeah. What I will say is that normally I'm not super into like medieval fantasy world kind of storytelling, but Banner Saga, I don't know what it is. Oh part man, of, that that art style is so hot. It's a huge part of it. Yeah. The the Ralph Bakshi kind of like hand drawn. Ooh, it's just beautiful to look at. And Grim Fandango. There's never been a more Greg Smith game made. It's so funny. It's a point-and-click LucasArts adventure, mm-hmm. which is the sentence for me. Uh, the music is great. I love the, the, the Dia de los Muertos culture stuff. It feels authentic to me. I just love this darn game. I need to find more time to play it. Uh, had had you played the original back no. in the day? No, I missed it. Uh, so what drove it to you this time? Do you just like hear, uh, you know of its legacy or what? Yeah, uh, I knew of its legacy. I knew that as a fan of LucasArts Point and Click, that mm-hmm. it was one I had missed on my list. And not to be too transparent, it was on a very good sale one oh, week. That is an excellent reason to get any video game. Yep. It is on an excellent sale. Yep. Uh, not on an excellent sale. I uh, uh, went back to Wargroove this weekend. Great segue. Um, thank you. Uh, I, I did not spend a ton of time because, again, I had Tetris to play. Um, but Wargroove... Uh, Wargroove could be a good alternate title for Tetris. Because <laughs> you do have to get into a Wargroove. Mm-hmm. Especially a battle Tetris where you're sending trash over to other people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but there is a, a new patch that makes Wargroove uh, infinitely more playable. I liked Wargroove when it first came out, uh, but it is it was a little too difficult and a little too time-consuming for me to really like buckle in, you know, really buckle down and play. Um, and so now they, they've added a bunch of things. One are mid-fight checkpoints. Oh, I love that. So if you, if you were in the middle of something that was going to take an hour to get through and you died, you had to start at the beginning of that hour. Uh, no question ask that was just it uh, now you can throw down one checkpoint per fight anytime you want um, which is great there are new difficulty levels uh, there is a, a normal and an easy setting turns out the game defaults to being on hard whoa yeah um, and you, you could always like slide there were always like individual difficulty yeah sliders. I was gonna ask about that yeah yeah that you could always say like oh you know uh, enemy units deal this percent less damage it goes that like yeah granular yeah like super super granular wow. you can change like how fast your units are like you can do all this stuff but just having a kind of blanket oh i'm gonna turn it down to normal it kind of adjusts all those things in ways the game knows itself better than i know it right <laughs> game you tell me how to play you on an For easier sure. mode um it, it also now throughout the levels anytime you check the mission overview you can see what you need to achieve an s rank in something so there's no like beating it and at the end of it realizing like oh i should have done this two turns faster that's uh, so helpful every game i've ever played that has an s rank feels so 
uh, unattainable. Yeah. It feels so like, I played this level so right. Here comes the grade, a B Sonic, come on, come man. on, don't Whoa, do me dirty. Jeez, I don't. A Sonic the Hedgehog, and look, anyone who's borrowing my copy of Sonic Forces sure. will know this all, all too well. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you get S or A ranks in those things. No, like first I, two levels, sure. First two levels, yeah, you do them by accident. <laughs> <laughs> I accidentally leaned on my right D pad, <laughs> and I got an S in Sonic the Hedgehog two. Uh, so there's a bunch of other stuff in Wargroove that makes it more playable. I will uh, play more of it and report back next week, I'm sure. Um, all right, so that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Okay, so kind of a bunch of fun stuff coming out this week. Um, uh, today, Tuesday, March 12th, um, uh, there are a couple games, but Greg, you specifically marked Claybook. Yeah, this game I'd never heard of before. Uh, it kind of feels like what if Ardman Studios produced Katamari Darmacy? Okay. Is, is that uh, elevator pitch track? So what, what, what do you actually do? Like, what is the, the mechanic of, of the game? What I believe it is, is like Katamari, you kind of control this block of clay. Mm-hmm. And the game's graphics look very realistically clay-like. Ooh! You, I I looked at some gameplay earlier today, and it looked like I could reach into my screen and like grab it and like mold it. And you roll and that around. Was, that was easier because your switch was broken already. You can just reach your hand inside that. Yeah, crack. Yeah, yeah, I shocked myself. Right. Uh, had to go to the doctor. I'm not doing great. Oh. So clay book. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, fine. It's fine. It's fine. Clay book. Um. It looks like you are rolling around kind of like a child's playroom. Mm-hmm. And like in the background, there is like a kid watching this happen, which is a little creepy maybe. Ugh. But you are told to like turn your clay block uh, yellow, go and like make a specific indent into this other clay. And as you roll around, you collect things, you see your clay stick to other things. And the style just looks so like... That sounds like tactile and yes. experiential. Kind of like a spiritual cousin to like the woolly Yoshi kind of stuff. Maybe. Yeah, sure. It looks like I could grab it and do this and like squeeze it. Right. With this. And it just looks so nice. Uh, I'll uh, have to at least check out um, videos of that. That yeah. sounds interesting. On Wednesday, March 13th, Baba is You is coming out. Um, Greg is shaking his head uh, because he is, he's excited. Yeah. He doesn't know what to make of it. I don't know. I. Baba this, is You. This game looks so good. It looks, it, it's like a. It's like if Scribblenauts had a uh, was crazy. Yeah, it's like if Scribblenauts was like uh, programmed. If Scribblenauts was about Python programming. If Scribblenauts was dangerous, mm. I think is what it is. Because like you can scribble naughty. So ooh, ooh. <laughs> are you scribble naughty or scribble nice? Oh, I'll never tell. Uh, so I'm the kid from Playbook. <laughs> So the the premise of the game is that you there's uh you know always there are always like little written statements about all of the objects in in the game and you can change what they are. So um if it's, it will start off by saying Baba is you and you are controlling Baba. Baba is a very cute little like bunny looking thing. Right, but if you want to uh change it to Flower is you, then now you are controlling a flower. Yep. Um, or if you want to say, if you, there's a flower on screen, you change it to flower is win and you touch the flower, you win, then you win. And that's kind of how the levels seem to be designed. It's like weird logic puzzles Yeah. where you have to figure out, it's like a flag you have to touch or something. Something like like that. Yeah. And to get to it, you have to like figure out the right linguistic programming 
where like wall is what was the example in the video wall is walkable or whatever and then suddenly you can just walk through the wall and there you go you win with yeah and there's there just aren't enough like games like that yeah um that are that are just like no no, no you just you have the power of language to uh to mute anything yeah I don't know. It's uh, this game has been out on Steam for a while, but um, I'm interested in checking it out on Switch. Also coming out on Wednesday uh, to the Switch Online NES Classic, whatever it's called, um, Kid Icarus and Star Tropics. Um, both these games were announced uh, last week, uh, and I I believe uh, <laughs> that, that Mark and I willed these things into existence because we will not stop talking about either of these games <laughs> on this show. Um, so I recommend checking them out, especially with um, save states and uh, really being able to scrub a little bit on something like Star Tropics, which has uh, difficulty spikes that are unforgivable <laughs> in normal circumstances. But if you have save states, fine. I've been playing my SNES Classic a lot lately. Oh, yeah. That rewind. Oh, it's so nice. It spoils me. Yeah. When I jump into like, uh, I forgot to mention, I've been playing a lot of new Super Mario Bros, yeah. uh, uh, Deluxe U. Alpha, bonus, Omega, Sapphire. Uh, Fire Gold. (laughs) Uh, And when I go into that, after kind of being used to playing like Super Mario World in uh, SNES Classic, I die and I'm like, oh, I'll just rewind. Oh, Oh, I can't. I can't just rewind. You can just rewind in this. Um, It's very kind. In Japan, they are not getting Star Tropics, uh, but they are getting Fire Emblem. That's... That's a big one. The original Fire Emblem has never been ported to the West. Um, really? Yeah. Well, and so it's all in Japanese, so it huh. may be hard to play. Um, but it's it's uh, not impossible to set up a, a Japanese uh, Switch account and download uh, that version as long as you subscribe to the uh, Switch online. So uh, that may be a fun thing to check out, especially, again, with that rewind feature in a Fire Emblem game. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, coming out on Thursday, March 14th, um, Rico, Greg, you tagged this one. Oh, what? I'm just, uh, it's an FPS. I've been, I don't know why I've been jonesing for a shooter on my Switch. Mm-hmm. So it's that, and it's like got cool cell shaded sort of graphics. It's, uh, it's co-op too, right? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that could be fun too. I'm just like, I don't know. Sounds fun. Sign me up tentatively. Sign me up tentatively is right. Uh, it kind of reminds me of uh, almost like a time splitters vibe. Oh yeah. Or like a uh, killer, s- like a like a pop version of Killer Seven. Yeah, totally. Something like that. I mean, it, it definitely reads like uh, you know maybe like a late PlayStation Two, early yes. PlayStation Three game. Yes. Uh, but it I it looks bright and fun. You know what it reminds me of? Hmm. Did you ever play the game Thirteen? I did not play the game 13. I believe I played it for the game. That's about the 13th Amendment, right? <laughs> yes. It's a very sad uh, game that needs to be <laughs> patched, frankly. <laughs> um, is, does that joke track? I don't know enough about the 13th Amendment. Uh, no, I think it, I think it, I think it tracks. Yeah, the, the, the amendment needs to, be, needs to be patched, needs to be revised. Yes. We need to amend the amendment. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah it tracks. Um, 13 was the cel-shaded FPS that I played on the GameCube where you play it as like a secret agent who kind of didn't know what was going on and you shot your way through stuff. And it had this kind of pop, 60s, cel-shaded, kind of oh, like yeah. fun sort of aesthetic. And this game reminds me of that a lot. Uh, well, that sounds great. I might check Rico out. Yeah. Um, also coming out on Thursday, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker special episode. Nintendo working real hard on their uh, naming conventions there. 
Um, this is the DLC for a Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. I pre-purchased it yeah. and will be playing it the second it comes out. Love this game. Uh, what a great game. It's so fun. Um, also coming out on Thursday, uh, Johnny Turbo's Arcade. Joe and Mac returns. I picked up the original Joe and Mac uh, when it came out on the Johnny Turbo's Arcade. Regretted it a little bit. <laughs> And I might do it again. <laughs> um, the Red Strings Club is another one that that you have tagged here, Greg. Yeah, again, uh, if you make a point-and-click adventure, I'm going to want to play it. Mm-hmm. And this one in particular looks very kind of like cool cyberpunk neon pinks and blues and sunsets. Ooh, that and does sound nice. Yeah, it, it, it kind of has almost like a like a drive, Nicholas Winding reference, drive mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. aesthetic. And I like that it has sort of retro-styled 8-bit kind of graphics. I like that it is told through like traditional text chains. Uh, it just looks very up my alley. Um, do you have any inkling what the titular red strings are? I don't have a single inkling. No inklings at all. And I can't all. wait to be surprised. Also coming out on Thursday, uh, Teddy the Wanderer Mountain Hike. <laughs> Listen. Yeah, yeah. Here's I'm, the thing. I'm listening. Here's the thing. Teddy the Wanderer is a cute little dog. Mm-hmm. He wears Done. A, it's old. I'm there. Yeah. He wears a backpack. He's got a hat. <laughs> he has a bandana. Does he stand up? Or yeah. is he... Oh, that's... He's, just, he's on a hike. Yeah, he sounds like a good boy. Craig. He sounds like a really good boy. It seems cute. I wanna, I wanna support Teddy <laughs> in any way I can. Seems like he's a very nice young boy. Uh, probably the opposite of that. On Monday, March eighteenth, Turok is coming to the Switch. This is exciting to me. So this is the uh, the, the Nintendo sixty four game, formerly called Turok Dinosaur Hunter. Uh, this is the version that was remastered for Windows in two thousand fifteen, and then came to Xbox One in two thousand eighteen. Um, it's Turok. Greg, did you play Turok? This is one I missed. Oh. It was one I would always walk by at my local Blockbuster, and I was always like, maybe today's the day. Nah. And it always looked kind of dark and cool and, and, and weird. So it is, it is dark and cool and weird. It is a super early first-person shooter on the Nintendo 64. Predates yes. GoldenEye. Wow. Um, and you know it. You can tell from the the way it controls. Uh, with, even worse than Goldeneye. Even in the remastered version. Um, they... I guess I don't know about the remastered gotcha. version. Um, I would actually hope that they they clean that up some. Uh, the game was also super foggy. Um, because the Nintendo sixty four couldn't do very good draw distances. Yes, um, I remember that happening in a lot of games. Yeah, in Turok especially because they the the models are pretty detailed. Like the dinosaurs look kind of good was it an expansion pack game? no it was way before the expansion gotcha. pack um like i think this thing came out in the first year oh wow first year and a half of um the nintendo 64's life cycle um and this this is a game that i uh did not play a lot of because it was one of my first like forays into real 3d uh first person uh shooter stuff um and it made me like sick it gave me like a headache to play it yeah i totally get that um, before that, I was playing a lot of uh, Duke Nukem 3D. Sure, which, sure. <laughs> which similarly kind mm-hmm. of like aggressive, masculine. Oh man, that that game! I am frequently embarrassed by how much I played Duke Nukem 3D. I get it. Uh, but you know, you go to a LAN party and everyone's playing it, and you're sure. just in a death match for you know six consecutive hours. Like, what else are you gonna do? Yeah. 
What are you going to do? Give them a lecture on toxic masculinity? Of course you're not. You're going to go up to the dancing girls and push space bar to make them show show you their Oof. breasts. It's not great. It's not Oof. a great game. Woof. Uh, Night Dive Studios, who is bringing Turok to Switch, also teased on the Discord channel that they may be bringing Turok 2, Seeds of Evil, uh, over to the Switch at some Seeds point in the future. Evil. Seeds of Evil. Um, that uh, Turok 2, that same version of it, came to uh, Xbox One last year as well. So maybe we'll see that. Yeah. Um, all right, Greg, let's get out of the new releases. Now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It's time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or group of performers didn't play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance of 433, Greg and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Uh, just as last week, uh, I have um, some topics that uh, Mark has prepared for us. Uh, Greg, if you would uh, pick one and read it, please, we will discuss. Yes, I've picked the one that has a nice kind of teal coloring. The teal one. The teal one. Seeds of evil. Evil. This is the perfect one because I've been thinking about this. Very good. Do you only buy shoes that are your exact size? How mm. big or small are you willing to go for fashion? Oh, boy. Uh, well, why, why has this particular topic been on your brain? Because... For the past, I'm going to say month, mm -hmm. I have been trying. It seems like a simple task, right? I've been trying to buy new shoes. It's tough. That's all I'm trying to do. It's a process. Yeah. Where do you go? I, so I have to go somewhere in person. I can't buy shoes online mm -hmm. for this reason. It's like some sizes aren't quite, you know, an Adidas 12 isn't the same as a Nike 12, whatever. Absolutely. Oh, and you and I are both tall men. True. So we have uh, at least fairly large feet. True. Um, do you do you uh, do you mess around with a wide? No. See, now this is something that uh, in my most recent shoe shopping that I have been looking for because I will I will normally go for like an eleven or eleven and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's how it feels nice on my foot, like width wise. But I okay, always I always got. <laughs> I always have extra on extra room on my toes. Yeah. So I need a smaller shoe size, but wide. I, yeah, I know what you mean. I think I maybe have the opposite problem. Go on. I think when I buy... Okay, so I, I did recently buy a couple new pairs of shoes. There is one more pair I'm still trying to get. I'll get it eventually. But I got some casual Adidas, which I'm wearing right now. And I also got some new running shoes, which mm -hmm. were also Adidas, at... Uh, journeys okay. at the Burbank Town Center in beautiful Burbank, California. Uh, got Sparrow before. It was great. Um, sounds great. They only had 11 and a halfs, and it felt totally fine uh, 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 width-wise, but length-wise, it did bump up against my toes. Mm, I wanted mm -hmm. it to be taller. 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 A taller shoe. But I have used those running shoes. I played tennis this past weekend with those running shoes, and I got used to it. It was fine. Yeah. Well, and I think this is, this is where I usually land, is that I'm like, oh, there's too much room at the end of these shoes. And I'm like, I'll just get used to it. I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. um, and that's maybe not the best way to go about living your shoe life, right? Maybe not the best way. <sighs> you know, I don't know how like existential 433s can get. They can get pretty broad. So. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Have you ever done 
because uh, you you are a uh, occasionally a running man. I am occasionally a running True. man. Um, have you ever done the thing where you go to the athletic shoe place and they're like, "Show me how you run." And then, no, I never have. Oh, I, I, I never have either. That's a, I didn't know that was a thing. It's a, it's a real thing, and they can like prescribe shoes for you, um, which is almost certainly the way that you should do it, right? It is the way you should do it. Here's my issue. I'm yes. vain. Yeah. I'm very vain when it comes to clothing. Mm-hmm. I like to look nice. I like for my shoes to match what I'm wearing. Yeah. I would worry that prescription running shoes... <laughs> They would give it to me, and they only have them in like plain gray. Right, right, And I'm right, like, right. no, 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 no. Give me some colors. Give me some pastels. Give me some options. But you have to imagine that you're not the only stylish person who has tried to run comfortably. No, I think it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 you're right. They probably have. They, they know this is a concern. They, they We're probably... in Los Angeles, baby. Vanity is the currency. Oh, Oh, wow. Let's get into yeah, it. Yeah, they can get really existential. <laughs> I had a friend who had different sized feet. Like, they were his shoe sizes, he had to buy two pairs of shoes oh. because they were like a full two sizes different from each two other. Two sizes different. Yeah. That's rough. Would, would he, if I was this friend, would they like, ooh. Oh, well, I... I guess we will never know about Matt Murphy and his big feet. Uh, All right. We were accompanied today by pianist Kyle Shaw. Thank you, Kyle. All right, Greg, let's get into the news. All right. Uh, So last week, Nintendo has uh, announced a new Labo toy con set, the VR kit vr vr seeds of evil <laughs> i gotta stop saying that i don't think we do mm. uh the v so the vr uh set comes in two different uh varieties one is the vr starter kit which just comes with the vr goggles and a blaster and that'll retail for 40 bucks um and then there are two expansion kits uh expansion kit number one includes a camera and an elephant i'm sorry an elephant we'll loop back around to the elephant in a second an expansion kit two includes a bird and a wind Pedal. I'm sorry, a wind pedal? We're just going to have to accept that these are real things that exist <laughs> in the real world. Uh, the, the expansion kits are only available f- uh, directly from Nintendo, and they're 20 bucks each, or you can get the complete VR kit for $80. Bucks. Um, so a, a lot to take in here. Yeah. Um, so th- both the elephant and the bird, are, you're like constructing parts of animals yes. with the... Uh, cardboard, and then putting the switch inside them, I guess, and having some kind of VR experience? Like a like an animal sort of themed VR? Ex- like you go on a safari with this elephant? Or? So they're, they're always kind of cagey about what the software does before oh. the re- release of these things. Uh, yeah, that, that makes sense based on like what I know about Nintendo's image and mystique and what they try to cultivate. Yeah, well, and I think especially with uh, the the Labo stuff that they're they know what part of the experience is the sellable part of this experience. It's uh, building these cool things out of cardboard. Yes. Um, and Labo is fun. I have two Labo sets and I enjoy putting them yeah, together. Yeah, I'm looking at them right now. Mm-hmm. I've never I've never messed with it. I've never played with it. We should screw around with a little bit of it uh, yeah. when we're done recording. Yeah. Um, but I, I am concerned about uh, VR on, you're sh- yeah, you're on, on the Switch. You I am. I, you don't look well. Look, would, would you hand me that blanket, please, and a yeah, little hot, hot cocoa? Th- oh, here. thank you. Thank you. Um, don't drink the blanket. What are you doing? <laughs> No, don't pour the hot cocoa on yourself. What do you... Look, the screen doesn't have... 
doesn't have great resolution, right? 720p? 720p is what the Switch is capable of. Um, in, in handheld mode. In, it can in, go to 1080 docked. Yeah, that's right. Um, but you're not going to be able to slide your TV into hey, the, the VR. <laughs> sounds like a challenge. It does. <laughs> does Greg, I challenge you. <laughs> um, that compares not favorably to um, the PlayStation VR, which runs at uh, 1080, and an Oculus will run at uh, 1200p. Um, and, you know, I'm not normally uh, someone to really get hung up on uh, resolution, screen oh, resolution. Oh, I 100% am. You, you are. Yeah, I'm a resolution nerd for sure. Um, it's in vr makes a huge difference mm-hmm. um are you, do you consider do you like vr i've never tried it i'm scared to mm-hmm. because i get motion sick pretty easily yeah 3d like 3d movies i can't even do yeah so i i'll i, I know i eventually will try it but it scares me yeah how I, do you like it i so I go right for the experiences that are the least nausea-inducing possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've, I've got a PlayStation VR, and the only games I've played on it are those where you are in a fixed position and, like, looking around a room, mm-hmm. um, or where you are playing Tetris, because Tetris Effect Tetris is a wonderful VR? game. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Wow. Um, just, it would, just shoot a panic attack yeah, into my veins. I was going to say, it would stretch just out. Just do it. <laughs> Uh, so I just I worry that this is uh, not going to look good. It's going to be nausea inducing, um, and it's made out of cardboard. So like <laughs> the headsets, I feel like comfort is a huge part of the VR experience. That makes sense. Um, and the the thing that I love about the PlayStation VR is that the headset goes on nice. It feels it, like feels nice on your head. It feels nice to touch it. Everything responds in like a super intuitive way. I really like the PlayStation VR headset. But if I'm like messing around with like cardboard and like rubber bands, I don't know how this thing stays on my head. Well, there's uh, the um uh like the HTC Vive or whatever that's called, and like the Oculus Rift. Aren't those kind of like cardboard? Well, like the uh um like Google cardboard, right? Yes. Um that yeah, I mean, and I guess all of those all of those work somehow. Yeah. Um, but I just uh, like I don't I I. I, maybe maybe they've cracked the code and it'll be a super comfortable experience. Mm-hmm. But um, you're used to champagne. You don't want to go. That's right. To natty ice. That's right. Um, thank you for putting it in terms I will understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all of this comes out on April 12th, uh, which is about a year after the uh, first release of um, Nintendo Labo. Does this interest you, Greg? Um, not a ton. Well, here's what I'm intrigued by. Yes. Everything about this kind of feels of a similar thesis statement that mm-hmm. I'm guessing the Nintendo Labo VR wants to make, except for it comes with a blaster. Yeah. Everything else mm-hmm. about it seems very gentle, very experiential, very like kids creating. And then also you get a gun. <laughs> right. Don't forget, you can also shoot things. So what is that about? <laughs> what, what, what are you going to use with this blaster? Well, it's, I mean, in a... What actually does sound like a satisfying, kid-friendly VR experience would be like uh, carnival game style things. Sure. Where you're just like at a shooting gallery. Sure. Which I guess is still problematic because it's based in shooting stuff. You still got a gun. I mean, yeah, we, we, I mean, if we diverted into interrogating like gun culture being programmed into American right. at a young age, I this mean, we'd be here. be part of it. Duke Nukem. Yeah. We can get outside of 433. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the, the blaster's a little bit weird. I'm also, I, like, I don't know what I do with an elephant. 
Have yeah. you seen this thing? It's like the uh, it's like the face, uh, trunk, and ears of an elephant. And that just, sounds cute. You put it up to your face, and presumably you eat. You wear or the elephant mask. That's right. I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm uh, so you like play as an elephant. I would think so. Yeah. I'm all in. Of course, I want to play as a cute little elephant and watch my friends look at me look like a silly Billy with an elephant. Of course, of course. And the bird, you kind of look into its butt. I'm sorry. What's this? So there's a bird, <laughs> and you uh, look into its coaccula. Yeah, you like staring right into the business end of a bird. Uh huh. So, Nintendo, what's what's up, buddies? What what's up, guys? How you guys what, doing? What's up? What's up? What's going on? Um. So. I don't know. We'll find out more about this as we get closer to it, I'm sure. I will probably pick up the starter kit here. I'm not really interested in spending another 80 bucks on Labo. I've done it twice. Yeah. Um, and I don't, you know, a third time doesn't, doesn't seem necessary. Sure. Uh, Greg, we got a Mortal Kombat 11 story trailer. We sure do. That game's coming to Switch. Do you want to talk about it? No, thanks. Oh, all right. Uh, Just on. kidding. Oh. I want nothing but to talk about it. Greg, now... You like Immortal Kombat. Yes. I like Immortal Kombat. Yes. It's very nice. It's very nice. To quote the, Borat. <laughs> to quote Borat, but not use his cadence. No. It's very nice. It's very nice. <laughs> My wife. It's hard to do, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Mortal Kombat games always have uh, absurd presentation, very nice uh, stories, such as they are. Um, are either well acted or at least uh, compellingly acted. They're at least compelling. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's it maybe uh, not correct to call them good, but they're they're always fun. Yeah, I have a blast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this new game has a time travel component to it. It sure does. Uh, bringing in members of the cast from all over Mortal Kombat history. Yeah. It turns out turns out that Kronika, the Keeper of Time. My name is Kronika, Keeper of Time. Which perfect, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'm all in. Uh, she is gathering, she's like, hey, history turned out not the way we want it to, um, which I can relate mm. from this point in history. Mm. Um, and she's like, I'm going to bring uh, everyone, to, everyone together from throughout history to change history. Yeah. It's not clear what her aims are exactly. It's not 100% clear, but what I will say, Mortal Kombat storylines, I would say that I not only expect, but I kind of delight in how incomprehensible the mythology gets yeah absolutely how like folded in on itself yeah and when they when i found out it was going to be a time travel element i was like oh you guys are outdoing yourself here's the thing they sort of have done time travel in the past is that right well mortal kombat 9 is a what was what did that come out for was that uh, like ps3 yeah that's the the ps it's the one right before the uh, injustice yes i played that one yep um but mortal kombat 9 is a retelling of mortal kombat's one through three after um, Raiden sends a warning back in time to himself. Yes, what, because the universe collapsed on itself during a Mortal Kombat versus DC universe. <laughs> wow, I love it. Uh, so he um, Raiden's already tried to mess with history, and mm-hmm. now Kronika's like, I can double change history. Yeah. I'm just gonna get everyone together, and we're gonna get Cassie Cage fighting her old man. Yeah, um, Johnny Cage, uh, very funny in this trailer. Um, have you seen the Johnny Cage sure uh, fatality? <laughs> Uh, it makes me very happy. It's so I, I always sort of like Johnny Cage. I think they are nailing him in this. Johnny Cage is one of my all-time faves. To hear you say that you sort of liked him, I'm sorry. <laughs> would you Would you say he's in your top ten fictional characters of all time? Yeah. 
He's number one. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> He's good. I'm excited. I'm excited about the uh, the story Very uh, in this game. Um, and it does look, uh, even though the mythology folds in on itself, even though it's time travel, even though Kronika is the keeper of time, <laughs> it looked kind of followable to me. It looked clear. It looked like I... They set up the MacGuffin at least well enough where I'm like, yeah. I, I kind of know what will be going on level to level. Well, and it also, like, I would bet, like, the, the premise is wacky enough mm-hmm. that you can't really complicate it further. You're just like, everyone is here, and we're all <laughs> going to fight. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. That's, that's the premise. Yeah. Uh, and so it's like, yeah, just do it. Just do it. Uh, and everything, all of the action that they show us, it's, you know, as violent and uh, gory as you would expect from Mortal Kombat. There, there's, there is one weird thing about it I did want to mm. bring up, is yes. that... This, the trailer devotes a decent chunk of change to what looks like a, sh- a gun battle, a mm. shootout. Did yes. you notice that? So one of these guys uh, has guns. Yes. And uses them in, in the game. Yes. Like Stryker used to. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's fine. There's footage in this game where it's like every single character has a different gun, and it looks like literally like a shootout. And I'm not necessarily... I'm not crazy. It, it's making me laugh right now, yeah. but I'm not crazy about it. I mean, maybe it's just like a cutscene sort of thing. I mean, a... if they're doing like an extended like Mexican standoff kind of thing yeah. as part of a cutscene, and then like Johnny Cage like walks in and like makes a joke about it, yeah. like I'm there for it. Me too. I'm intrigued, but I am skeptical Yeah, a little, about, about gun mm-hmm. battles in Mortal Kombat. Yes. Look. We can rip out some spines. Sure. Just like, you know, don't pull out a gun. Sure. Uh, do you think when this comes out that you'll be getting it on Switch, or are you going to go for a, a platform that is uh, higher performing? Oh, I've already pre-ordered it on Switch. Perfect. Yes. Um, I have not, but I probably will play it on Switch. Man, uh, playing a fighting game on a plane is so fun. Is that right? I love it. I don't know if I've tried it yet. I mean, it's perfect. Yeah. It's, uh, th- when Smash Brothers came out on the 3DS. That became my go-to playing game for like two years. I mean, what a what a game changer! Yeah, what a, what a way to spend your flight. Yep. Uh, all right. Uh, Nintendo has apparently asked its mobile partners to increase the drop rate of rare items and characters in Dragalia Lost to prevent their players from spending too much money on their games. Um, an official from Cyber Agent, which is the company that owns Psy Games, the co-developer of Dragalia Lost, uh, said. Quote, Nintendo is not interested in making a large amount of revenue from a single smartphone game. If we managed the game alone, we would have made a lot more. The Wall Street Journal goes on to report, quote, Nintendo sees smartphone games primarily as a way to increase interest in its game characters so that the player will consider buying traditional games or traditional console games, the company's main business. Uh, That's according to one Nintendo official. The company is concerned it might be criticized for being greedy in smartphone games. Um, Greg, what a weird move. Is it? I I mean, I'm on board with it. Yes. It is a weird move from the point of view of uh, being the top executive of a company in a capitalist society, let's say. Where you're like, our business is making too much money. Yes. Let's stop. Yeah, but I—they're right. It is such a—it's such an annoyingly pervasive trend, not just in mobile games, but certainly mm-hmm. it's a lot there of like friggin' having to buying your way to win the game, having to buy the items, and I—I I like this move a lot. 
Yeah, I like this move a lot too. Um, and it does the thing that's so weird, especially with the the statement uh, uh, that um, it, it's a smartphone games primarily as a way to increase interest in its game characters, so that players will consider buying traditional console games. There is no traditional console version of Dragalia Lost. This is a an exclusively mobile game. This is an exclusively mobile game, a, a brand new Nintendo IP that at present only exists on phones. Are they? Do they have one in development? Maybe <laughs> no, no one knows. Yeah, maybe they do. Um, Dragalia Lost revenue is below Cyber Agent's expectations, even though the game has made uh, over seven seventy-five million dollars to date, which surpasses both Super Mario Run and Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Wow! Um, and all of these are dwarfed by the behemoth that is Fire Emblem Heroes, which has made over five hundred million dollars since its launch in February of two thousand seventeen. That's very interesting to me. As you say, this is the first time we've that we as a society have ever heard of Dragalia Lost. That's right. And it's beating Mario. Yeah, well Mario the way Mario Run is monetized, it's you spend ten bucks and you get the game, or you don't spend ten dollars and you don't get the game. Yeah. End of story. Um Dragalia Lost, you can buy, you know, packs to get yes. rare characters, whatever. Yes. Um and you know, a- Animal Crossing is similar in that like you can spend money to get coins and stuff faster um but the game like pocket camp isn't bad at just letting you play it without spending money on it um like it is one of those free to play games that is genuinely free to play yeah um and if you want to like kind of cheese it you can spend some money mm-hmm. um and i guess that uh, just isn't exactly the calculus for fire emblem heroes which seems like it it wants your money yeah and ike, we'll ike needs it. that money I can eat that money. Oh, I was saying Ike. Like oh, the... oh, Ike. Ike can eat that money. Ike needs that money. Mm, I fight for my friends. <laughs> I think is the thing that Ike says in one of the Smash Brothers. I think that's right. Uh, but yeah, good on Nintendo for being like, hey, this maybe isn't a good look for us. Um, maybe yeah, we they're should... playing the long game. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe a little bit crummy that uh, Cy Game Cyber Agent um, was under the impression that they were going to make more money yeah. and have to revise down, but. I don't know. You, you, you know who you get into bed with before you get into bed with them. That's true. Uh, last week, Square Enix announced a new Octopath Traveler game for iOS and Android called Octopath Traveler Champions of the Continent. Wow. Uh, the game is a free-to-play single-player RPG set in the continent of Orstera, or- 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 we'll say. Uh, prior Ike. to the... <laughs> <laughs> seeds of evil uh prior to the event of the original octopath traveler greg did you play octopath at all no um is that a is that a you style game it's a uh you know traditional jrpg i would say it's typically not typically for me to get on board with an rpg there has to be some kind of uh uh, atypical coat of paint on it yeah sure well and this game does look very pretty it's got the yeah I do like the uh, yeah. uh, um, the HD sort of what is it called? The, they call uh, it HD two D. Yes, yeah. The, I like that effect. The sixteen bit sprites in like a a, a full three D environment. Um, it is cool, and it's neat to see that they're uh, bringing you know a prequel over to smartphones. Although it looks like a, there are no plans for it to come out to, in the West right now. Uh, it is Japan only oh. at the moment, um, and it's due out at some point this year. Um, there are some bullet points I have here. I don't know if we really need to talk too much about it. 
Um, the Octopath official uh, Twitter account teased the fact that they are working on a second console Octopath Traveler game, um, but development will take more time. So this is a this is a just to hold this over. Sure, it's a it's a tidying. That's right. It's a it's a Diablo Immortal, if you will. Oh. Um, but they uh, Blizzard did not set it up that way. People were expecting Diablo Four. They got Diablo Immortal, and then were mad. Mm. They were mad, Greg. I'm so sorry to hear that. I wish I could help. Um, there's no way. There's uh, no way to help. The original Octopath Traveler, <laughs> uh, which came exclusively to Switch last year, has sold 1.5 million copies. Uh, moving on. In an interview with Nintendo Dream, Super Smash Bros. director Masahiro Sakurai reflected on his work habits during the development of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Uh, Greg, first, let's get some for reference sake. Masahiro Sakurai's uh, early work habits were no good. They were bad. It was too much working. Mm-hmm. During the development of Super Smash Bros. Melee, he reportedly worked for 13 months straight without a day off. 13 months, Greg. That's one year and one month. That's, that's correct. Um, and it's also a bad amendment. Um, his 40-hour uh, uh, shifts... Yeah. Uh, he would work for 40 hours at a stretch and then take four hours off uh, to rest and eat. Uh, and this was a schedule that was so extreme that he was hospitalized of for course it. He, when did he sleep? Uh, during those four hours, I guess. That's insane. So that's our, that's our baseline. That's what we want to see some improvement from. Yeah. Um, so he set a rule for himself that he would leave the office by 10 p.m. no matter what was going on. Um, it sounds like he... Uh, had a 10-hour day from uh, noon until 10, which actually seems like a pretty rad schedule. That's all right. Um, it's, a, it's a long day-ish, but yeah. not, not, not too bad. By, you know, by entertainment industry standards. Yeah, I've, it's not bad. You know, I've, not to brag, I've written on a television program. Woo! <laughs> and there, are day, there were days on that where I was there for like 13, 14 hours. Which are long, those, those are long days. Yes. Um, he, uh, Sakurai noted that uh, many companies are discouraging extreme overtime these days. Um, he also, <clears throat> in addition to his 10 hour days, he was all, he got, he got weekends, two oh, days off. Hey, a week. what a luxury. Yeah. And that he took three whole days off over Christmas. Um, he's making improvements. He's making strides. Yeah. Yeah. Little, little steps. Yes. Little steps to, to betterment. Yes. Um, he noted that, uh, since he is technically a freelancer, there are no strict demands on his time. And as long as the game comes out, nobody really cares how much or how little he works. Sure. Uh, so I guess kind of just saying that those are uh like hours that he puts on himself yeah which doesn't i mean that doesn't necessarily make it better no no i don't think so i in general there is like a really it seems there's a really systemic kind of issue in the video game industry about crunching Mm -hmm. about like squeezing your body and your brain and just forcing yourself to work so hard until you make yourself sick as he seems to be doing yeah well and i mean like as as you said that is uh not absent from the entertainment industry at Correct. large that uh you know if you're working in like anything creative there is a you know kind of non-stop drive to like not stop working correct um you know find a way to make your hobbies uh also work 
You oh, know? What, what are we doing here uh, right now? What do you mean? I don't. Hmm. I'm having a nice time with my friend Greg. Aw, thanks, Patrick. Uh, but also, this is work. Uh, perhaps <laughs> most alarmingly, Sakurai mentioned that he uh, continued that he continued to have stomach troubles during the development of Ultimate, um, and on quote one or two occasions. He found he had food poisoning like symptoms, and rather than taking sick time off, he just got hooked up to an IV and then came into the office. That upsets me. It upsets me too. L- I listen, <laughs> Sakurai. You don't know me. I'm sure you're listening. He is. Uh, I too work myself to the bone and get stomach troubles as a result of it. Mm-hmm. I relate to you like one to one in that in that regard. You you gotta cut yourself some slack. Give yourself a break. The weekends are a good step. The ten hour days are a good step. But if it's not enough, if it's not enough and you're still getting uh food poisoning like yes. symptoms, like you need more time for you. And yes. look, I get it. We're excited about these five DLC characters. Sure. But like you know, they'll come when they come. They sure will. And I imagine you have a great team that's there to like help you. That's very understandable. That's right. Also, look, Masahiro Sakurai, this isn't a threat, but one day you will die. It's true. It's not a threat. It I comes wanna, for all I want to reiterate. Uh, and there will need to be someone to take your place. That's true. And start grooming them now by saying, I'm giving you this responsibility and stepping back. That's true. But, you know, who am I to tell uh, a legend in the gaming industry how to, how to delegate? I guess that's a fair point. I just, I'm just worried. I don't know. Take I care of yourself. Too. Yeah. Every, see see a nutritionist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Finally, a new Splatfest has been announced for Splatoon 2. This weekend, it'll be Knights vs. Wizards, which is the nerdiest and best of these Splatfests I've ever heard before. To me, it's such a no-brainer. Uh, well, hold on. We'll get to that in one second because I, uh, I want to talk more about that because I don't know that it is a no-brainer. Oh, I have an answer, but... The event starts on Friday, uh, this Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific and runs until Saturday at 9 p.m. Pacific. So it's a couple hours longer than a Splatfest usually is. They're usually a nice even day. We've got six extra hours um, on this one. Um, Splatoon got a version 4.5.0 update this weekend. The patch didn't include any new content, but it did fix a lot of things and rebalance some weapons uh, and items. So it seems like it'll be a nice clean tournament. Um, if you have access to either the enchanted gear set or the steel gear set, you can wear them with the appropriate Splatfest t-shirt. So uh, with the enchanted, if you're on the wizard team or it, the steel stuff, if you're on the knight team and it makes your whole character look like either a wizard or a knight. That's cute. It is super cute. Um, check out the, uh, there are like photos of them. Um, just Google them there. They look great. Um, or I'll put them up on Twitter too. Um, the gear sets can be unlocked by scanning in the Octoline Girl or the Octoline Boy Amiibo. I believe they can also be achieved just in game. But if you have those Amiibo and haven't scanned them in, like me, uh, you can do that and be ready for uh, Splatfest this weekend. Greg, where do you land Knights versus Wizards? It's. N- it's not. It's wizards, obviously. Okay, that's. I also go wizards, <laughs> but I do like a knight. You know what? Yeah, knights are very cool. <laughs> and look, they're wearing full suits of armor. That's in this very thing. cool. Knights have a cool look. I like knights. Uh, 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 I, I like the the image of a knight. I like the mystique of a knight. I like mm-hmm. what the Arthurian sort of vibe stands for. Mm-hmm. But wizards are magic so that's better <laughs> right wizards are in magic so that's better a lot of wizards have um you know kind of a uh, uh dubious motivations which is fun which is fun 
But like, do you want that as your friend or do you want a knight as your friend? Ooh. A wizard I want hmm. I want a wizard as a friend on the weekend. Right. But you like, want to work with knights. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a wizard a wizard will like if I'm like, ah, can you believe what Trish was doing at lunch today, a wizard would be like, ah, Trish is awful. And a knight will be like, well, technically, you provoked Trish when you... You'll get a lot of well technicallys from a knight. Yes. A lot from a knight. Also, uh, a wizard comes with a lot of built-in goofiness. That's also true. There's very little... They get into mischief. Mm -hmm. There's very little goofiness with a knight, except for maybe at medieval times. Medieval times are a little goofy. Uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, those are goofy knights. Yeah. Um, yeah, but they are kind of self-serious. Yeah, the knights. So let's all stay away from the knights. Let's all let's try to be a little bit more wizardy mm. and a little less knighty. Mm. All right, Greg, let's get out of the news. That is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, Greg. Thank you so much for joining hey, me. Hey, thanks today. for having me. This was so much fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, you did a great job. Aw. So uh, did you. We had a oh <laughs> thank you. Um is there anything that you would like to plug at this at this moment? At this moment, I would love to plug my podcast. Please do. It's called Dope Town Three Thousand. Mm-hmm. It is a freestyle hip hop meets improv comedy meets storytelling storytelling hybrid podcast. We have a guest on, they tell a story, we turn it into a fully improvised wrapped story. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so much fun. I, I have an absolute blast doing it. If you want to dive into it, why not start with the Patrick Ellers episode? Uh-oh, I'm on an episode of the show. He's been a guest, and he told a story that I believe had some Nintendo specifics in it. It did, in fact. We mm-hmm. uh, they, they wrapped a little bit about Mario Kart. We sure did. So, we had a lot of fun doing yep. that. Mm-hmm. Um, also... This is, uh, it's like a magic trick when it happens. Oh um, it's, <laughs> oh, sorry, I will heap a little bit of praise on you. Uh, the Dope Town guys are great at this. Um, if, it, if it sounds like uh, something in the abstract that you're like, that feels a little dorky or weird, it is not. It is awesome. Thanks, man. That's uh, so sweet. No, I, I, I love your show. Thank I love you. uh, seeing you guys perform. Um, Dope Town 3000 is a good thing in the world. Thank you. I the, the feelings mutual about you and this podcast. Oh, thank you, Greg. Uh, and but we do know that this show is a little dorky, is a little geeky. And, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. If, if you don't, if you don't, if it's too, if it embarrasses you, I apologize. <laughs> uh, but please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to say in your review, uh, it embarrasses me a little. That's fine. If you like the episode, please share it on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, it doesn't matter. Um, where you do that uh, any little bit helps. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Greg is at Smith L. Greg. And Mark is at MKE Mitchell. The show is at Nin Cart Society. The Facebook page is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. And Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8-Bit Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Greg Smith, this is Patrick Ellers saying seeds of evil. Evil, evil, evil. And thanks for listening.